Hey, Gritty friends, so excited you are here. Welcome back. And today's episode five, and we are talking about all things work-life balance, which let's be real, there is no true balance, but how to create the closest balance that's about how we can say that. So I'm going to be sharing nine strategies that can help you find the right balance. And, you know, depending on your focus, and at some point, we've realized that we've all struggled with finding the right balance, right? We've struggled to do all the things, be a mom, wife, daughter, sister, coworker, or even the boss, and do all these things and feel like we're doing them well, right? You get so overwhelmed, you get overtasked, you get, um, you think, I mean, it's gotten to the point where I know I've planned stuff and thought that I got rid of things. And then um, I was like, oh, yes, I can do that because it's in like four months. And then four months, there's like six new things that have popped up on my calendar. And I'm like, <gasps> everything's at once. So I know that we've all probably been in this situation at some point, And we really want to do them well. So let's get rid of the myth that there's actually a true balance and we're just going to get gritty on how to create a balance for us and our goals and focus on saying no to things that are not necessary or not aligning to our goals. That is going to be the discussion today. I'm so excited to talk about it. It's like been waiting on me. I really want to get this out there. So if you have a topic, though, that um, that has been on your heart and that you really want to learn about overcoming, jump into my Facebook community and connect with me. My goal is keeping topics relevant to what you want to hear. The link in the Gritty Coach community is down in the show notes below. And as a side note, I just want to mention how much I love reading your reviews, and I'm going to start reading them on uh, the podcast every week. So if you would like your review to be featured, please just pop over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and just leave a review there. That is feedback that I'm giving you things that you guys like. And even if it's stuff that you don't like, it's feedback. I, you know, I need to know these things, right? <laughs> so if you're ready, I'm ready. And so I think it's time to buckle up and get gritty. Welcome to The Gritty Coach. If you're feeling overwhelmed, unfocused, or even stuck in your business, don't worry. I completely know where you're coming from, and I've been there before. But now you want to get some clarity, a plan, and you're ready to take your business to the next level, then you are in the right place. My name's Erica, and I'm The Gritty Coach. Just a little about me. I'm a veteran, a wife, a boy mom, a twin mom, and a fur mom. And after 20 years in the Navy and my unique life experiences, I am here to help you smooth and polish your business practices through what I like to call gritty love. So if you think you're tough enough, sit back, buckle up, and let's get gritty. Okay, let's talk about work-life balance. So the definition of it is really the amount of time you spend at your job versus the amount of time you spend um, on you or your family. So there's no such thing as true balance. It's just basically prioritizing and one will always take more of your time, but they can switch up, right? At one point, it can be your work needs more time from you. At another point, it can be home. So this is constantly um, interchangeable and switchable. 
but the goal is to make sure that you don't shut out a part of your life. If you have family things that are needing your attention, then work productivity might take a back seat. Or if you have to take time off work, really, we want to just find balance. That's the key. So over the years, I would say one of my areas of life always has to be okay. And what I mean by this is if work is busy and there's something going on and it's all crazy, then home needs to be fine. <laughs> like I can't have both in disarray or else I sort of like fall apart, right? That's how I feel. Not necessarily fall. I know I've fallen apart and we're going to get to that, but, or it can be vice versa. Having both out of whack just is really tough to deal with. It's like you have no place to go, no place you can go to reset and everything is cluttered and busy and crazy and in disarray and then you just can't like reset your mind and get refocused and know where to go back to and restart and I'm not sure if you guys have ever had that happen I used to feel that all the time and I just needed every I just needed something to give me a break so that I could just reset like you go home at the end of the day at the end of the work day you go home if you leave the house to go to work and at the, end, at the end of the day, you come home and then that's your reset for the next day. Like you get back up and you go back out there and you do it again. But if everything, if both things are not working well, <laughs> you know, then there's just no place to get that reset done. I want to share you a few stories. And um, one of them was when Brooke was deployed. I think there's two of them while he's deployed. But one of them being when he was deployed, uh, I will tell you that we had, the twins were between two and three. Hayden was seven or eight and they just think kids that are twos and threes it's just not the best age generally and twins are no exception these twins are definitely no exception and I will tell you I had my like worst moment so work is crazy and of course because he's gone and it's just me home is crazy and home is crazy because these three boys are, you know, taking all my bandwidth. And at nighttime, I really struggled sleeping because I knew if anything were to happen, like I was the only one in the house to be able to help them. And that really sort of scared me. And I didn't like, I mean, I guess because we've been together for so long that actually the thought of not having them in the house really scared me. And it, it, when you're used to that. So my worst moment, I literally put the kids, we had um, like baby gates up where the boys were in a safe space. It was like all of the back family room and I could, you know, family room, kitchen, all grouped together. And um, it was all blocked off so that that way the boys, it was a section that had things all up high. It was all child-proofed, et cetera, because the boys definitely tested me and I would be you know, over there with one child and the other one would be over here trying to turn on the stove. Right. So <laughs> it definitely tested me. Um, and I will tell you when that work thing was crazy and home was crazy, I literally sat on the floor. The kids were safe in a safe space. And I sat down in the middle of the kitchen with a drink and cried, <laughs> cried, had a beer, cried and was like, okay, time to pull it all together. <laughs> get back up there and go make dinner. <laughs> I mean, it just, it just all fell to pieces. There were definitely moments. Um, another one was deciding like which one to go with, right? Like which priority do you need to go with and making a choice? So here's the story with that one. The twins, again, Brooke deployed and I'm taking the boys, maybe the 
maybe he wasn't deployed. He may not have been. Uh, everything's so fuzzy. But he was, uh, either way, I was taking the boys to daycare. And I was, both boys had gotten out of the car. They were standing next to me. I know they were in the twos and threes. I can tell you that. So probably he was gone. And I was pulling everything out of the car to get it ready to go inside the daycare. And sure enough, boys took off in two different directions. It's like the story of my life. And um, one goes inside of the daycare. Great. The other one heads for the street. So in that moment, I have to make a call of which one I'm going to go after. Obviously, I went for the one inside. No, no, no. I went for the one that was going for the street. And I knew Jake would be okay inside. I, I, I knew somebody would catch him inside like a random child running around through daycare in the hallway. We should probably stop him. So I run after Spencer, but because I have stuff all in my hands, uh, I pick Spencer up and literally like his legs and arms are dangling. Like all I'm holding onto is around his stomach and I am carrying him. <laughs> it was awful. I was carrying him inside because I was like, okay, I got to get in there. I need to get to work and I need to get, get off and get going and I need to go get Jake. So here I go inside to go take Spence and go find Jacob. Jacob is down at the other end. No one had stopped him. And he was like two seconds from opening the back emergency door with the alarm. I was like, oh, no one stopped him. No one. So Jake had made it down the hallway. But again, when I had to pick the priority, I picked the one that was the most significant, the most dangerous. Obviously, that was Spencer. He was like always giving me a run for my money. So really... You know, when I used to, um, I used to go see um, a therapist to get help with my anxiety and um, and my ADHD before I learned how to manage it. And she would tell me, she's like, you got like 52 plates spinning, girl. And like, they're going to fall. Like, you can't keep spinning them that way. And I would get so busy. I literally would have these, everything's up in the air. And then as, and especially as I've gotten older, um, more plates have started to try and fall. And when one plate starts to wobble, then all the other plates start to wobble and it looks really bad. Like it, I no longer look like a good, you know, juggling act of spinning plates. I now look like, oh my goodness, I'm going to break all the china. So now when I started coaching, and this is just kind of how I turned it around. When I wanted to start coaching, um, I had to sit down with Brooke and we like, we chatted about it and I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. But in order to do this, it's going to take more time. And so we just communicated and, um, and really sort of chatted about it. So he knew what it was going to be expected from me. Um, I, I do try to make sure that I very much set, set boundaries. They do blend sometimes, but I try to do my very best. But being that I work from home, I get a little more say-so in how I'm doing things. And you know, I, I really wanted him to understand that, hey, in the morning times, this is my block time. This is my schedule. This is what I'm working on. And here's everything I have going. And then in, you know, in the afternoons, I will pick back up and we can do all these things. So Brooke and I like to go on Costco date nights. Um, that was how we always said we'd get out on a date because it was the most expensive meal we could ever have because we were buying all of our meals for five of us. <laughs> so Brooke and I would go on these great Costco date nights. It's like the kids could stay home because they were old enough and we would go and we can have conversations. We'd sit in all the chairs and pre-COVID, like I think I still have videos of Brooke riding the bicycle down the aisle and I have pictures of him laying on mattress, like a camping mat, uh, 
to test it out on the floor. <laughs> we were, we're just crazy like that. And so uh, we would have a lot of fun there. And it was a chance for us to just kind of connect. And that, that was still fine. Like, you know, adults have to be adulting and, and couples need to be coupling. And kids can sometimes uh, take our attention away for so long that people tend to grow apart. Well, Brooke and I really wanted to focus on that and and being that we had to go to Costco anyways and our kids were old enough it was great to go to Costco date night I have run into several friends who also were on Costco date night by the way and it's it's hilarious when we all get together so I really I think it's fun (laughs) so if anybody's in in the need for a date night and your kids are old enough please go to Costco um, I highly recommend it. It's expensive anyways, <laughs> no matter what you're doing, but at least we're not out to the movie spending extra money. We are literally inside buying food for everyone. Okay. I digress, but we're coming back now, pulling the, pulling the squirrels in. What I want to tell you is, is it's a give and take all the time, work, balance, family. You're constantly in a give and take, but with the right strategies, you can get closer to finding balance instead of trying to cram in 30 hours of work in a 24 hour day. You just can't do it. And um, one of my favorite quotes was from Bob Heilig, where he said, you don't have a time management problem. You have a self-management problem. This is so true. (laughs) I absolutely love that quote. I'm like, oh, I got to stop saying time management. It's a self-management problem. But most of us don't really resonate with self-management. We resonate with time management because we think we just need 30 hours in a day. It's not going to happen, friends. Sorry. So let's talk about these strategies. I have nine strategies for you. So let's see. The first one's going to be set boundaries. Okay, this is learning to say no. Can you say it? No. Say it with me. No. Thank you. <laughs> I cannot do this. The um, boundaries are very important. And when to say no, and you can say it very politely, but there are things that are going to come up that may not necessarily align with your goals. That's the ones you want to say no to. I can't do that right now, but thank you for thinking of me. Right now is not a good time. I have too many commitments. So, and and if you do it in that sort of framework, you're not, you know, going to upset everybody else around you, but you're simply just putting in boundaries going, I can't give you my 100% attention because I have my attention paying, you know, my attention's going 70 directions behind me. So if you want me to do something up ahead, it's going to have to wait until I give up one of these things. Like what's going to give? So being able to set boundaries and being able to say no at the right time, that, that's all within the boundaries. The second one is prioritizing, planning, and being proactive. So this is like a family work calendar. And when you prioritize what you need to get done and you make a plan for it and you, you know, it's all considered to be proactive. Um, proactive is so much better for, especially for brains like mine that's ADHD, I, I, talked about it before. Like I cannot go reactive. Well, no, I take that back. I can go reactive. I don't like it. I function fine in it. I can do it under pressure. I prefer not to. It, it makes my, you know, stress levels go way up. And if I can get ahead of it by simply being more prepared, then I feel so much better. Right. And then the little things can spot up and come at me and it's totally fine because I'm, I've prepared everything else. So I'm very much a, a, planner and not a procrastinator. And I've told you guys this before. I do not. Procrastination will get, will frustrate me all the time because I, it, it's so hard. I can't do it. Okay. I can't even finish the sentence at this point. Um, so that family work calendar, so sharing, like 
big things that are coming up for me, I always make sure that I share them with Brooke and his calendar. And when he does things, um, he has appointments or whatever, and he's, you know, going someplace or helping somebody, he puts them on my calendar. And that is so helpful to make sure that we know who's doing what on what day. And then we don't have these overlaps. And I can see my calendar at any given moment because that is truly, truly the only way I function in a day is really having my calendar with all the things I need to get done and having his integrated into mine. And he just simply adds my email and it's all good. You know, Apple's fantastic for that. So, and with that, then I can see everything that is coming up and I can properly plan for everything that needs to come up uh, to get done and also see when I need to make sure that I'm, I'm not scheduling things over, you know, where he may need me. So the third thing, this one's interesting. So what I want to tell you is, is the third one is finding lulls in your work. This is more about business side of the house. You, well, you know, I take that back. You might have peaks and lulls in your, in your family life too. And that could be like in summertime where there's not as much stress going on. It's really identifying when those peaks and lulls are. So if you have a peak time and that's, um, if you worked in something that was like accounting peak time would probably be end of fiscal year, right? Please don't come at me at the end of fiscal year and want all these things for me because that last month is going to be like really crammed with a lot of stuff trying to close the books. So um, you really want to find where those are going to be. And then that allows you to go ahead and plan further. That means, okay, work's going to ramp up. So I need to make sure that family's a little down during this time, right? I can't do as much, but communicating, they kind of all work together, right? These strategies are going to sort of work all together. And the more you practice them, the easier they get. And the more that everybody's on the same page uh, of music. So identify when work or home might have peaks or lulls. When is it going to spike up? When is it going to balance down? For us, it's always, you know, during the summertime when there's no school or during the holidays when there's, you know, we're not traveling and we're home and the boys are home. We know we don't have to get up as early. We know we don't have to do homework. We don't have to go pick them up. We know we don't have any games, blah, blah, blah. Right. So there's those peaks and lulls. Number four, communication. If you have a new work promotion that's coming and you need to spend more time, like there's a promotion available and you need to spend more time and more focus, communicate that with your family. Just like I did with Brooke and said, Hey, this is what I want to do. And this is what it's going to take. And that means I might not have as much time to just, you know, hang out and, and be available to the family all the time. And telling him that up front one lets him know that this is important to me. And two, I give him my schedule. And so he sort of knows how busy it's going to be. And, and staying in that communication means that we're not at each other when the stress piles up, right? So as things start to happen, and you're trying to, you know, when you're being reactive and not proactive, it's really hard to stay as calm as it is when you're proactive and you're communicating. So if there's stuff coming up with your family, this is a vice versa. Discuss it with your employer, right? Um, if you're an employer, if you are an employer and have people that work for you, be sure that you have an open door policy and create a culture of trust. That way people will come and talk to you um, when they need time for their family. And it happens to all of us, right? We all have something that comes up that winds up being urgent that we need to take care of. So this is that balance, right? We're all in balance sort of as close as we can. So number five, still make sure you have enough time for you. This is important. 
Um, you hear this a lot with self-care is not selfish. It's not. If you, you cannot fill another person's cup if your cup is not full. You can't help them. You can't give them anything. If your cup is empty because you've been pulled in 16 different directions, how can you possibly give to another person whose cup is empty? You can't. So you need to make sure that you build in time for fun, exercise, self-care, reading, personal development, professional development, whatever that may be for you, whatever makes you happy. And I mean happy, like things that make you happy and fill your cup, make you feel good on the, on the inside. Like uh, it reminds me of the book, Chicken Soup for the Soul. They had so many different versions of it and I might be dating myself again, but um, Chicken Soup for the Soul was so good. It was all these just wonderful, warm stories and it just made you feel good. So something that makes you feel good on the inside. Okay. Number six is knowing your goals. Um, the more that you are in tune and have clarity and are very specific on your goals, which we talked about in episode two, if you missed it, um, check back with episode two so that you can actually um, hear what we talked, what I talked about then. But clarity on your goals and making sure that you articulate them is so important. That way that you are doing things and activities that align with those goals. Again, that's that boundaries and making sure that you set those. Number seven, delegate. This is really hard. I, yeah, I've struggled with this one too. Um, delegation is tough when you are used to doing it all and to give it down, hand it down to somebody that you've all, you just feel like you know what you're doing. So you just want to go and do it and that you can do it better. You're probably right, but you just don't, you don't have the time. <laughs> Sorry. You don't have the time or you don't have the patience. I say patience. It's not patience. You don't have the time to sit down and learn. Like if I need to learn a whole new system, that's going to take a lot of time and I may not have that. So I need to delegate and get some help. That is okay. The easiest way to create, uh, to pass things down to delegate is going to be creating an SOP. And it's very cliche military because we had standing operating procedures all the time for almost everything we did in the military, always had a standing operating, standard operating procedure. I'm talking way too fast. And that explains everything in the simplest terms. Step one, step two, step three, step four, exactly what needs to be done. So there are never any questions or hardly any questions about what needs to be in what order things need to be done. It'll have websites, it'll have software, it'll have, you know, day two, you do this, day six, you do this, whatever is required for that, it will have it. So being able to delegate and then as you're developing something and having having to create an SOP in the moment, not having, but if you create an SOP in the moment as you are creating something for your work, it will be easier to delegate that job the next time. You need to be able to explain it to somebody. And if explaining it is going to be retraining them completely head to toe, you know, on everything head to toe, well, you might as well have done it because <laughs> you just spent all that time training someone. Number eight, limit your distractions. Okay, this is much easier said than done because I think just in this podcast, I have I've squirreled several times. And limiting those distractions, whether it's in a quiet room, whether it is... Um, 
you know, doing it at a certain time of the day, your most productive day where there's, you know, I work a lot in the morning when the boys are at school. So that makes that easier, right? So finding the ways that you can limit those distractions is going to be key because then you're not losing your focus and then having to try and refocus because what are you doing? You're losing time. And then you become a self-management problem, not a time problem. Okay, so number nine, if you can find a job you love, it no longer becomes a job. It energizes you and it actually creates more balance, less stress from the place you don't want to work. So I will tell you that since being at home and working from home, my stress level has dropped significantly. Even though sometimes being at home can be stressful, it definitely has its moments by any means. And, but the ability to actually be less stressful day in and day out, I was just telling Brooke, I think it was yesterday. I told him, I said, I've just realized that I don't have road rage anymore. (laughs) I'm not on the road like I was before, right? I I think I even reduced our insurance because I'm like, oh, I think I only drive like a thousand miles a year now. (laughs) Um, But I was like, I noticed I don't get mad at people as fast as I used to when I was commuting two hours. I would commute one hour down and one hour back. And that was insane. It was literally loaded at the peak time of the day with people that just, I swear they were out there to irritate me. They just wanted to irritate me. No one else, just me. They didn't want to use a turn signal. They wanted to cut me off. They wanted to go extremely slow. And I was in a hurry 24 seven. That's gone. (laughs) I don't even, I don't even call them like silly, not nice names. I wouldn't say silly, but not nice names. I don't even say those anymore. Like I don't have any type of rage on the road. I am so much less stressed. The day in day out grind is gone. The going to work and having to ramp up to whatever the stress is for somebody else. And then now becomes my stress because they unloaded it on me. Gone. I don't have it. So the key thing is, is if you don't have that job, what are you going to do to try and get to that job? How are you going to try to work to get there? Because if you're not taking any steps to get there, you're not going to ever get there. That's just the nature of the beast. So you need to really focus in on what it is you want, what really makes you happy, and then how to get there. And even if it takes you another year, there's still light at the end of the tunnel. That tunnel may be a year out, but there's light there and you can see it's like a little pinpoint, but you can see it. It's better than if there was no light because you don't have any plans because you don't know anything that you want to do. You don't have any goals set. You don't know what makes you really happy because you're not thinking about it. You're just in the grind. So take some time in your self-care time. (laughs) Take some time in there and actually focus in on what makes you happy and try to get closer to that. It will bring down the stress. It will bring the balance back and it will bring everything. You will feel so much better. My sleep is better. My health is better. I am better. And I think it reversed gray hairs. Just putting it out there. So I hope that these nine different strategies, although they were quite a few, and if you're driving, come back and write them down. It's okay. I don't mind. 
Um, but I hope these strategies you really find helpful and hopefully you can implement at least one or two of them, three of them, whatever works for you. If setting boundaries is challenging, maybe shoot for, you know, limiting distractions or know your goals, right? So just try to focus in on a few of them. I'm always a big advocate for change, but I'm not advocate for change that's fast. And that causes you to be frustrated within 30 days, you know, 10 days, you're frustrated because you're trying to implement everything all at once. And that's insane. It's just insane. You take one and you make it a habit. And then that just becomes automatic, right? It's just going and flowing. And then you can add in number two. And then you can add in number three when you're ready. So that is really the best strategy to move forward. Now, if you think you need some more help with this, because this is really uh, hard to focus in on, or you don't know what your goals are, and you're, you're still finding that finding that balance is not coming easily, then let's, let's chat. Not only would I ask you to join the Facebook group so that we can talk about it and I can put more strategies in there, but let's get on a call and let's sit down and come up with some just strategies one-on-one. The link is in the episode notes, so just drop down before drop down before, just drop down below and check the link in the episode notes. You can also just shoot me an email. Like if it's something you want to talk about privately, feel free to shoot me an email, connect with me on Facebook or Instagram. I would love to chat with you. There's no reason to feel like you are stuck and that you cannot make a change. There's always a way to make change. And sometimes you just need someone from the outside to help you see that. Somebody that's a third party, has nothing to do with your family or your work, totally a third party, just to see it from the outside, to be able to look inside and figure out ways to help you get unstuck and feel like you can move forward in a very healthy and good way that feels good to your soul. So let's connect. Until next week. I hope you have a wonderful week and can get these strategies going. If you do, if you find a strategy that works for you and something helped, get in there and tell me. I want to know. I would love to share whatever win you have um, from a strategy that we talked about. And I would love to know how it helped you. It's just so exciting to hear these stories. So jump into Facebook and let me know or Instagram and let me know. I want to know. Until next time. Keep staying gritty. Hey friend, before you go, I would love to read your takeaways from this episode. I would be so blessed and grateful if you had a few moments to share your thoughts in a review. So just hop on over to Apple Podcasts, scroll below the episodes, and click on the purple write a review. If this episode inspired you today to make a change, share it on your Instagram or your Facebook stories and tag me at The Gritty Coach. I would love to tag you back in my stories. Just remember to never give up. You never fail. You just learned a way how not to do something. So try again. I believe in you. And until we meet again, keep up the grit.